0: So yesterday we talked about how God is good. We talked about Noah. We talked about how we need to be able to show the people who've gone before us with respect, even when they no longer deserve it, uh, even when they've kind of lost their will to live. We still want to show them respect um, because we wouldn't able, we couldn't get to where we are today without them. So that's very important that we continue to make sure that we treat our our the ones that gone before us with some respect, we try to cover them when they are laying open um, and naked, in this case, because Noah was naked. But, so, we're gonna move forward from the story of, of Noah and his drunkenness, and we're gonna move further down into um, Genesis, where we go into the story of the Tower of Babel. Now, many of you have heard this story many times before. For those of you who haven't, we'll just quick recap um, the nation, because all the descendants came from Noah, uh, everyone is speaking the same language. There's no, there's no difference. Uh, and with that, you have uh, this one descendant. His name is Nimrod. He is a mighty hunter. He is strong. He is very gregarious. He is very, um, he's he's very uh, charismatic. He's able to pull everyone together. He's able to say, "Let's build a tower that reaches up to the heavens, so that way we can be on the same level of God." And communicate and talk to God and so they all go and do that now one of the things that we don't get in our Bible in the Protestant uh, American Bible but it is said in the Hebrew or Jewish tradition is basically we go from one extreme to the next so in the days of Noah everyone did what was right in their own eyes everyone put themselves everyone put people in front of doing anything that they were supposed to do so the whole point is they focused on themselves and being like god by saying that they are the most important thing that they are the greatest thing and they basically sinned by trying to usurp god's laws because they want to do their own thing in this story in the tower of babel we go the complete opposite they're actually so focused on the task of not doing what they did before of doing something together building something together that they actually built this tower super tall they made bricks and what that happens is that when these bricks would if if they get so high on their building this tower, and someone falls off with the brick um they actually the guy would die they would mourn more for the brick loss and it would take like a week just to get the brick from the ground up to the top of the tower they would mourn more over the brick loss than they would over the the person and if the person died they basically would just take their bones take their body put them into the structure of the Tower of Babel, and they it was put to good use. So the whole point was it, it took the humanity out of people, and it made them seem like objects, and seem more like tools, and less like the um, chosen, the special people that God has made us in his image and his likeness. So as they're building the Tower of Babel, trying to usurp God, trying to be on the same equal level playing field as God, as you see, we keep going through the same cycle of God sets us up. we then want to be like God. God then has to knock us out and say, "You cannot be like me, not in that way. You cannot be equal with me. You can be like me as a son as like a father, but you can't be like me as a um, as God to God because um, you can't be God because I made you so as we go through this um, God goes and he sees the tower of Babel and he says, this is not good. And in fact, he says says one thing that actually scares me one of the most. And he says that, see, all these people together with one language and with one thought. And when they are together, when they are united, there is nothing that can be withheld from them. Um, And so what God decides to do, he decides to scatter the languages, um, scatter the people, make it so they can't communicate with each other. And they naturally then are going to... Um, go off into different tribes because they're going to go by people who actually speak their language Um, because that's who they can communicate with. So how do we see God's goodness in all of this? One, we see God's goodness because God actually created us as as a people, as a being that when we work together and we are of one mind and we are of one accord and we are together in something, but there's nothing that can be withheld from us. That's one of the scariest and most empowering things that God could have given us is that he said that there's nothing that can be withheld from us if we are focused and we're determined and we work together to make that happen. Um, That is a huge bolster um, for that. That's a good thing that God put into us so we can be a part of that. The other thing is that God did not destroy humanity. Basically, as he started over and he pulled and he built this... He allowed this man to grow and build and to have dominion. To take dominion over all the earth. What ends up happening is that we end up getting so puffed up in our head that we want to usurp God. We want to go um, against God. And God is basically saying, hey, this is not good. And he has every right to destroy us because in, in the kingdom... If you try to usurp the king's authority that's treason that is a that that is punishable by death and the question is you know that that's why when we sin basically what we're saying is we are going against the law we're breaking the law we are in a sense trying to say that our law what we want to do is actually more important and and better for us than what god has set us up as and that in of itself is treason because we are putting ourselves in the place of god and so what What he's saying is that in the end, all of this, you guys could, I have every right to kill you. I've every right for you guys to die because you guys are committing treason against me. But instead of doing this, I'm going to create a different way. And he does that by creating different languages. He does that by having the people divide up into smaller groups. Even then these groups, as we can see, and as we look through history, some of these groups have done some amazing and powerful things, some great and some evil and terrible. But as we go through and as we look at what is going on, we can see that God's goodness wasn't, was so that we did not get destroyed, was so that we uh, did not die like he could have done. It was to just kind of direct us and stir us and wants us to spread across the earth instead of trying to build up to heaven realizing that if we spread across the earth, we can actually bring heaven down and and through us allow God to communicate with each other and with the world and be able to get his will done. Um, I'm just so grateful that God has not given up on me yet. And I'm grateful that he has not given up on you yet. If you believe that God has done with you, he's given up on you, I'm going to tell you he is not. You can always go back. You can always serve him. You can always learn and remind yourself and understand that God is good. And he's so good that he's made a way for you to always come back to him and for him to be able to use you wherever you're at. As long as you're willing to surrender, as long as you're willing to go after him. And by doing that, by making his name great, you're going to find a life that is so much better and so much more fulfilling because it's filled with his purpose that he has for us. So um, that's my thoughts on the Tower of Babel. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to be talking about Abram. And that's going to be a whole bunch of series in and of itself. to so we'll go through all of Abram's story after story after story. But God has shown the goodness to him. So uh, thanks so much for listening. And I will see you guys in the next episode.